Before we uh, get into our study this morning, from time to time I like to share a few quotes from some of the commentators, some of those pastors from the past and even the present that share some things to think about. And this week, uh, Warren Worsby, he was a, a pastor, a commentator. You've all probably heard his name. He had a few things that he shares to pass along to us to think about. Here's what one of them is. Four lessons of life. This is Warren Worsby. Never take down the fence until you know why it was put up. (laughs) Number two, if you get too far ahead of the army, your soldiers may mistake you for the enemy. Don't run ahead. Third, don't complain about the bottom rungs of the ladder. They help to get you higher. And number four, if you want to enjoy the rainbow, be prepared to endure the storm. Also, he said, if you are going to live by faith, then expect your faith to be tested. A faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. God doesn't bless us just to make us happy. He blesses us to make us a blessing. You are a Christian because somebody cared. Now it's your turn. People who walk by faith don't see obstacles. They see opportunities. And then finally, the devil tempts us to bring out the worst in us, but the Father tests us to bring out the best in us. Well, there were some thoughts uh, when Warren Worsby is mentioned from time to time as we go through these uh, Bible studies. You'll kind of know a little more of his thoughts to pass on to us. Well, this passage this morning that I'm going to share, that we're going to study, was shared with inmates at Pinellas County Jail eight years ago. But a few modifications for the Faith Builders group. Not quite the same setting. (laughs) If we took a poll of all the chaos in our country right now, we'd accumulate quite a list. From the political turmoils of scandals, arrests, and name bashing, to the open support of sins that would be condemned in the past, to the watering down of God's word being preached in pulpits across America, we have plenty to pray for. We can say amen to the verse recorded in Matthew 6.34, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Amen? Publishers for the Daily Bread also provided numerous booklets for inmates at Pinellas County Jail. And you know what the most popular title requested was entitled Stress. Can you imagine that? Stress. What a concept. Well, can we find hope in the midst of the chaos or is it hopeless? Please join me in Psalm 37. Psalm 37, and in the first 11 verses of this psalm, we find three steps we must take in order to have hope in the chaos. Psalm 37, 
beginning of verse 1. Please follow along with me. Do not fret because of evildoers. Be not envious toward wrongdoers, for they will wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as a light and your judgment as a noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing. For evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. Yet a little while and the wicked man will be no more, and you will look carefully for his place, and he will not be there. But the humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. Let's uh, bow in prayer before we look at this study. Heavenly Father, we're thankful this morning for your word. We're thankful, Lord, that we have the freedom to open it together. We're thankful, Lord, for the Holy Spirit that you have within us to help us understand and apply it. Thankful, Heavenly Father, you love us, that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for us, and I pray this morning as we look to your word for guidance that you will clear our minds, that we can focus on what you want us to do and how you want us to act and how you want us to live, that our lives would truly bring honor and glory to you. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, first, before we look at Psalm 37, 1 to 11, we need to know a little background to this psalm. Psalm 37 was written by David, is led by the Holy Spirit. Commentators believe he wrote this psalm in his mature years. As we see later in verse 25, it says, I have been young and now I am old. That's a pretty good indicator. I think we can all attest to that. At least we're older than we have been. <laughs> Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his descendants begging bread. To attest that God takes care of us every day. Commentator Warren Worsby shares in Psalm 37, David discusses the age-old problem of why the righteous suffer while the wicked seem to prosper. Perhaps this psalm was part of David's preparation of Solomon for the throne. Pastor Charles Spurgeon adds, It is a psalm in which the Lord hushes most sweetly the two common repinings of his people and calms their minds as to his present dealings with his own chosen flock and the wolves by whom they are surrounded. John MacArthur tells us Psalm 37 is a wisdom poem addressed to man, not God. It's for us. 
So with that in mind, we'll explore the three steps we must take in order to have hope in the chaos. Step number one is revealed in verses one to four, and that is trust and delight in the Lord. Trust and delight in the Lord. It begins in verse one. It says, do not fret. That means don't be troubled. Don't be displeased or exasperated. Anything around us ever cause us to sigh or complain? Am I the only one? Now you don't have to raise your hand. It was common for inmates in Pinellas County Jail to fret when trials were postponed, canceled video visits, a witness not showing up, not being able to reach the public defender. Those were a few. It says, do not fret, don't be troubled because of evildoers. For David included those in his own family who were plotting to kill him. For us, evildoers can include those trying to slander or speak evil of us or spread rumors and gossip about us. It says, be not envious toward wrongdoers. Don't be inflamed with the burning of jealousy toward wrongdoers. Because as verse 2 continues, for they wither quickly like the grass and fade like the green herb. Evildoers, wicked workers of iniquity are here today and gone tomorrow. They don't last. Life is short for everyone. So we're reminded in Psalm 104, verse 15, As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. Job adds in Job 14, Man who is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. He comes forth like a flower and fades away. He flees like a shadow and does not continue. Whatever time we have on this earth, we need to measure it, and every day is a gift. I used to tell inmates at Pinellas County Jail, God woke you up in the morning, and if he woke you up in the morning, he's got a purpose for you. And that might be to learn something. And do we always learn things the first time? I know I don't. Does God ever have to repeat it? Twice, maybe? Or three? My goodness. We don't get it the first time, do we? Because life throws us a lot of curves, but God is with us. He is sovereign over all. As we were reminded this morning, Pastor Steve shared, when we battle the doubt about God, we need to turn to his word and we need to learn more about God, that he is there. And I know one thing that I have to remind myself, I have to look at the past of how many times has God come to my rescue. Here it's speaking of life being short for those practicing evil, those like Hitler or Mussolini, or I think about in Daniel 5, Belshazzar. Remember what he did? Surrounded by the enemy, and he said, I'm going to have a party. 
Now let's bring out all the goblets and the gold that were taken from the temple in Jerusalem and let's have a party. And what happened? Handwriting on the wall. And he was shaking in his boots. And then when he heard what the interpretation was, he didn't have long, did he? Here on this earth. Those who practice evil don't live forever. God judges them in his timing. Also, Carol and I have been reading in, uh, through MacArthur's Read Through in a, in a Year, the Bible. And we've been in First, Second Kings, First, Second Chronicles. Now we moved on, I think, Ezra. So we're out of those books. But my goodness, there are so many evil kings. Six-year-old, 12-year-old, they did evil. Like who? Like their father. Over and over. There's a few good ones. But there's a lot of those who were around a short time and did evil. God saw that and he took care of it. So rather than focus on the evil around us, verses 3 and 4 share some alternative. Verse 3, it says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust means to confide, to place our confidence in God, to place our hope in God. James Montgomery Boyce shares, Trust is faith. It is the proper starting point for all right relationships with God. Not only trust in God, but put it into action. It says, and do good. Like what? Oh, wow, I can't think of anything here. What about encouraging a struggling brother or sister? Calling someone we know is all alone and a phone call would mean a lot. Helping out someone who has an unexpected bill. Giving someone a hug who needs it. The list could go on and on. Remember what we do. God always looks at our hearts, our motives behind what we're doing. We should ask does this bring glory to God or does it bring glory to self? I was reading this morning, I don't know if it'll come up here, but the Daily Bread has something very good. Those of you who read the Daily Bread, let me see if I can find it on here. Malcolm Clout was named 2021 Mahdi Money honoree by Queen Elizabeth II, an annual service award given to British men and women. Clout, who was 100 years old at the time of the recognition, was honored for having given out 1,000 Bibles during his lifetime. Clout has kept a record of everyone who's received a Bible and has prayed for them regularly. That's something good, isn't it? I just ran across that this morning. So there's many, many things we can be doing. Lauren Daigle wrote a song that reminds me of our need to trust in God. And let me see if I can reach this back here. It's a song entitled Trust in You. Just think about it. Letting go of every single dream, I lay each one down at your feet. Every moment of my wondering never changes what you see. I've tried to win this war. I confess my hands are weary. I need your rest. Mighty warrior, king of the fight, no matter what I face, 
you're by my side. When you don't move the mountains, I'm needing you to move. When you don't part the waters, I wish I could walk through. When you don't give the answers as I cry out to you, I will trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. That is hard. Those are the battles that go on. And I think sometimes I forget, and I think we all forget, there's a spiritual battle going on all around us every day. Satan doesn't want believers to trust in God, to rely on him, to claim his promises. He wants us to quit and be on the sideline. We're doomed on that wide road that leads where? To hell, to destruction, away from God. But we have the news that has eternal consequences. We walk and put our trust in Jesus Christ and accept him as Lord and Savior and repent of our sin. Through Jesus Christ, we have an eternal home in heaven we can look forward to. Continues in verse 3, it talks about dwelling in the land and cultivate faithfulness. Warren Worsby shares, Some of God's people were tempted to leave the land, which was tantamount to saying that God wasn't faithful and couldn't be trusted. But David urged them, stay in the land and trust God for what they needed. Does God ever anticipate our needs and he answers a prayer before we even ask it? Has that ever happened? Don't have to raise your hand. I think it all has happened in our lives as we walk with him. As we continue to put our trust, our confidence in God, we cultivate faithfulness. Pastor Charles Spurgeon adds, The promise of God shall be their personal banquet. Learn to feed on truth of God's word. A banquet. We have a banquet here in God's Word. We spend time in it learning more about our great God. Are we faithful to God? Is He number one in our lives? Is His Word truth or not? Whatever we believe, our lives will show it. Not only trust God and do good, but told in verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord. Delight means to take pleasure, enjoy, to delight in something. It's used again in verse 11. Charles Spurgeon shares, Make Jehovah the joy and rejoicing of your spirit. Every name, attribute, word, or deed of Jehovah should be delightful to us. A promise follows, and he will give you the desires of your heart. And as I was thinking of that, I looked back at Psalm 21, where it talks about a list of things we can delight in the Lord. Psalm 21, O Lord, in your strength the king will be glad, and in your salvation how greatly he will rejoice. You have given him his heart's desire, and you have not withheld the requests of his lips. Selah. For you meet him with the blessings of good things. You set a crown of fine gold on his head. He asked life of you. You gave it to him. Length of days forever and ever. His glory is great through your salvation. Splendor and majesty you place upon him. For you make him most blessed forever. 
You make him joyful with gladness in your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord. And through the loving kindness of the Most High, he will not be shaken. Do we put our faith and trust and look to God first thing in the morning as we talked about last week, Psalm 121? Where do we look to for our help? When we look at the hills, when we look at the mountains, we have a mountain that's right before us. Do we look to the Lord and say, I need your help? As I was sharing with someone already earlier this morning, when we study God's word, God holds us accountable. And when I share it with you, God is holding me accountable. And so this last week, I had many opportunities to look to the hills for help. Because the Lord is the only one we can look to and know he will hear and he will answer. James Montgomery Boyce adds, The promise attached to this verse that if we delight in God, God will give us the desires of our hearts. It means that if we are delighting in God and longing for God, God will give us himself. If we are truly delighting in the Lord, then the desire of our hearts will be to get to know God better so we can continue to delight in him. This promise is for those who want more of God in their lives. As we're delighting in the Lord and getting to know him better, we come to the second step in finding joy, finding peace in the midst of the chaos. And that second step is shared in verses 5 and 6. Commit your way to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he will do it. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. Commit means to roll off your burden. Not what we want, but doing what God wants us to do. Proverbs 16.3 tells us, Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. Jesus in 1 Peter 4.19, Therefore those who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust or commit their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. That's a hard thing to do, isn't it? Spiritually, we don't have GPS. We don't put in an address and say, okay, of course, that doesn't always work either. Sometimes we still get lost. We don't have that. We have the Lord who directs our steps. But to let go and commit our way to him, that's hard. Because as Pastor Steve shared this morning, God doesn't fit in our little box. And when we pray, we say, God, this is what I want. And if it doesn't work out this way, then I don't know if I believe in you. That's not how it works. God is over all. And he's over our lives, but he's over all. And what does it say in Romans eight twenty eight? All things work together for good to them that who? Love God. Trust in him. Let him lead. I know sometimes I get this picture too. God's trying to lead and I keep pulling on the steering wheel and then I complain, I'm in the ditch. What's going on? (laughs) Got to let him have control. 
says, commit your way to the Lord, our journey, our walk, where we go. God takes our burdens so we can serve him better. One commentator adds, to dislodge the burden from your shoulders and lay it on God. First Peter 5, 7 relates, cast what? All. All your anxiety, all your cares on him because he cares for you. Pastor Charles Spurgeon shares, the plowman sows and harrows and leaves the harvest to God. And we come to verse 6. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your judgment as the noonday. We as believers have the privilege to let God's righteousness and truth and holiness reflect through how we live our lives. How? Here's a couple of ways. First, through our speech. The warning in Matthew 12, 36, But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Another way, through our lifestyle, we should stick out like a sore thumb in this chaotic world we live in. If we display honesty and integrity and telling the truth, will we blend in with the world? No, we won't. But we need to stick out because we're following who? The world and Satan who is misleading and leads people astray every day. We're following God, our great God. So if we're blending in with the world, we need to change. We need to say, Lord, don't let me blend in anymore. It's hard to be honest and show integrity and tell the truth because the world says, oh, this one time, it's okay. It's not really a lie. It's, it's kind of cloudy, one of them gray areas. No, it isn't, not according to the word. One commentator adds, one of the things he will bring to pass is the vindication of his servants who have been slandered by God's enemies. When we're slandered, God notes it, and he'll take care of it. Look at Jesus' example. Was he slandered? How many times? Look at the Apostle Paul. Slandered many times, but leave it up to God to take care of it. The third step in finding hope in the midst of chaos is shared in verses 7 through 11. And this is a tough one. Rest in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Beginning of verse 7, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who carries out wicked schemes. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil doing. For evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. Yet a little while and the wicked man will be no more. And you will look carefully for his place and he will not be there. But the humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. Rest in the original language, the Hebrew, means to be still, to wait with silent patience, to stand still. And I looked up uh, what Webster defined rest to be quiet, to pause, 
to cease from action or motion of any kind. Boy, for me, it's tough to put rest on my schedule. Go to the bank, get groceries, mow the lawn. Rest? What in the world is rest? Anybody else struggle with that? Always mind just keeps going or thinking, oh, well, I'm at Walmart. What else do I need? I got these six items. I think there was seven. What in the world? The Lord says, rest. Take a breath. It says, wait. This is the hard part here. Wait patiently for him. There's that P word, patient. Like when that person ahead of us on Sunset Point doesn't go right away when the light turns green. Oh, no, that, that doesn't happen. Or that person ahead of us has 17 items instead of 15, and they're going through express? Oh, what the nerve. I counted. They got too many. Rest. Don't fret means literally to be warm, to fume about the wicked. Seemingly, they have it made because they don't, do they? Not for eternity. We need to remember that as believers, we'll have eternity to be with the Lord while the wicked only have a short time here on this earth that's going fast. This year going fast for anybody else? This is what? This is the middle of July? It's not September yet, is it? No, not quite. Okay. Seems like it's just going fast. We've been blessed, though. No hurricanes. And we've been so blessed with that. But time goes so fast. This makes me think of the wicked king Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 4. He thought he had done it, didn't he? He said, look at what I've done. Look at my gardens. Look at everything I've built. Look, I'm the the king of the world. (laughs) Did the Lord humble him? He went to the back 40 for seven years until he learned what? Who gave him the position he had? God did. But then I like at the end of chapter 4, verse 37, Nebuchadnezzar, it says, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise, exalt, and honor the King of Heaven. For all his works are true and his ways just, and he's able to humble those who walk in pride, including himself. Does he ever have to give us a similar warning too? Pride is the biggest thing. God, if I need your help, I'll come to you. Otherwise, let me handle it. I know I don't handle it well. And then we get into real chaos. And the Lord says, come to me first. Give me the burden. I will take care of you. Verse 8 is a warning against anger. Of course, none of us have that problem. But here it says, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing." As believers, we're not to fret, get angry, be troubled, out of sorts, because it causes harm. You ever heard of the ripple effect? As our attitude and actions affect those around us, to include our families, our neighbors, and brothers and sisters around us. Next time we get angry or fret, let's remember who it affects. Proverbs fourteen seventeen tell us, He who is quick-tempered acts foolishly. Ephesians 4.31 remind us, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, 
clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. We can't do it on our own, but God can do it through us. And then we come to verse 9 with a contrast. For evildoers will be cut off, but those who wait for the Lord, they will inherit the land. Evildoers will be cut off. They don't get away with anything. As God is the righteous judge and outside of Jesus Christ as our substitute on the cross for our sins, we too would be cut off. We need to thank God daily that he saved us. It says here, those who wait for the Lord. Again, wait, patience. They will inherit the land. Warren Worsby shares, inherit the land refers to the security of future generations in the land of promise, according to God's covenant in Genesis 12, 1 to 3. For believers, we look forward to our future, to be with the Lord forever. God called us, he saved us, and he keeps us. Verse 10 shares that judgment for the wicked is coming soon. Yet a little while and the wicked man will be no more. You'll look carefully for his place and he will not be in there. John MacArthur shares the Lord's intervention is imminent. I remember the story, we all remember the story in Luke 12 of the rich man. And he looked at all his fields and he said, wow. I've got a lot here. I'm going to build bigger barns. And what did the Lord say? You fool, tonight you will die. You won't be able to build more barns. You won't be able to be the number one bragger farmer in the area because tonight this will all pass. Verse 11, we come and we see, but the humble will inherit the land and will delight themselves in abundant prosperity. Talks about meek or humble. That reflects one of the Beatitudes in Matthew 5, 5. It means those who prefer to suffer rather than do wrong. We sing the hymn, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. Anybody ever heard that? Do we? Do we stand up for Jesus? Well, we delight with joy in the abundance of peace, that eternal rest, as we spend eternity in God's presence, serving our Creator and Savior forever. Charles Spurgeon shares, By inheriting the land is meant obtaining covenant privileges and the salvation of God. Our ultimate peace and prosperity will come when Jesus reigns, forever and ever. For now we look to the moment God ushers us through heaven's gates or we hear the trumpet of the Lord and the rapture occurs. Either way, we need to be ready. What is our hope in the chaos in the world around us? We need to trust in the Lord, commit our way to the Lord, and rest in the Lord by waiting patiently for him that's a tough one we can only do with god's help do our lives reflect fretting angry that the wicked are prospering that the wicked seem to be getting away with things or do we need to ask ourselves how are my attitudes affecting my relationship with god with my family 
with my brothers and sisters in Christ. And personally, if God is convicting us of needed changes in our lives, please consider it today and do something about it. Time is short, and today it could end on this earth. Are we ready? I want to close with this word of encouragement from a song that I ran across. Uh, Once in a while I will hear a song and the words really speak and fit in with something that's studying in the word. But this is entitled Fires. And it was a song written by Jordan St. Sarah. Here's what she wrote. I remember how you told me that life may not be easy and everything that I need you've already given me. I remember how you told me I can trust you completely. So why am I doubting when you proved that you'd fight for me? You've walked me through fires, pulled me from flames. If you're in this with me, I won't be afraid. When the smoke billows higher, oh, and higher, and it feels like I can barely breathe, I'll walk through these fires because you're walking with me. I'm changed by your mercy, covered by your peace. I'm living out the victory. Doesn't mean I won't feel the heat. I can face anything because you're here with me. I can do all things because you strengthen me. I remember how you showed me the price of my redemption. Lord, how could I question when you prove that you'd die for me? You've walked me through fires, pulled me from flames. If you're in this with me, I won't be afraid. I'll walk through these fires because you're walking with me. Sometimes we let go of God's hand, but he never lets go of us. And so I challenge myself, I challenge all of us. Let's take God's hand and walk with him this next week. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you led David to record Psalm 37 for us. May it speak to our hearts to take it a day at a time, a minute at a time, a second at a time, because that's what it is at times. We thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross. I pray, Lord, that we would trust you more. We don't know how everything works out. We've got to quit putting you into a a box and saying this is what we want, so give it to me. We know you know what's best for us. Father, we, we fall short. Give us the faith. Give us the strength, this today and every day, coming days as we're here on this earth, to follow you and trust you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.